Welcome to a special presentation of Behind the Page, where we at Marvel vs. Marvel revisit the comic book histories of some of your favourite Marvel characters. If you're joining us for the first time, each and every episode of MVM is packed with this kind of history and trivia as we explore the Marvel movies and the comic books that inspired them. trip behind the page now we'll do a little bit of recapping on the guardians of the galaxy because it's been a long long time since we've uh, talked about these characters and got into it with them yeah 1969 we have the original guardians of the galaxy um come about and their original um conception was well before before we knew it was going to be the guardians of the galaxy the original idea that roy thomas came up with was a team of superpowered guerrilla soldiers in the future fighting a guerrilla war against a communist ruled america wow um when this finally made it onto the desk of stan lee he was like keep the superpowered guerrilla soldiers like put them in the future (laughs) and then it was like no communism make it aliens come on um and so the futuristic year of 1990 was selected. Um, I love it when that's a futuristic year. <laughs> I love a, it. We had a story of an Earth astronaut, Vance Astro. Um, his parents, uh, you know, really put him on a good path with that name. Vance Astro um, was uh, a deep, a deep space mission to Alpha Centauri in suspended animation, and then just like Buck Rogers, he spends thousands of years sleeping through space to get there. When he wakes up in the distant future, he finds that humans invented faster than light travel while he was in suspended animation and beat him <laughs> beat him there through faster than life. No one thought to pick him up. They'd forgot about him. So when he gets to Alpha Centauri, humans have already kind of been doing stuff and yeah. the, 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 the human empire has already kind of spread. Good old time dilation. He, uh, he is stuck inside his, spa- his, his containment suit, his, his mm. suspended animation suit. If he removes it, his body will age rapidly and he'll die. Um, and he starts to... He, he discovers that Earth and all the Earth um, colonies have been conquered by a, a, a race of warlike aliens called the Badoon Exfulgence. Um a race older than the Cree, older than the Skrulls, um, and they annihilate human colonies and start wiping out all these different people. And so Astro, Vance Astro, finds a bunch of human, altered human colonists on Pluto and on Mars and on Alpha Centauri and all these different places, um, and they form a guerrilla fighting unit. They call themselves the Guardians of the Galaxy. And they travel around the solar system trying to um, undermine the Badoon and drive them out and save the human race. They don't get their own series after this little introduction. They didn't appear for kind of five years after their first appearance. And then they start to crop up as guests in other comic books. Mm. This all took place in the future, of course, so they're not a part of the regular Marvel day-to-day universe. 
it's awful. It's an awful lot of time traveling. You know, the Avengers will go to the future, or the Guardians of the Galaxy will come to the past, or whatever. They get their own series in the mid mid seventies, where Dave Cockrum. Um, gives the characters a complete redesign of their costumes, a much-needed redesign. Um, Dave Cockrum redesigned the X-Men in the 1970s. You know when we, we talk about that time when Wolverine and Colossus and Nightcrawler and Storm all join the X-Men, the X-Men get relaunched? Yeah. Dave Cockrum is the guy that redesigned all those costumes and made them look distinctive and bold and and like each individual x-man was a different superhero whereas the original x-men they all wore these drab boiler suits with masks um very great dynamic superhero design in the 70s um but that didn't last that long in in the 19 in in the year 1990 the year that vance astro was meant to have left earth to go off into the alpha century Mm. um marvel looked at the success of Star Trek The Next Generation and decided, we aren't doing any space stuff. And so <laughs> they they relaunched Guardians of the Galaxy, this time with a superstar artist called Jim Valentino, mm. who took creative reins, was writing it and drawing it. Um, one of my favourite comics. I, I adored this as a, as, a, as a kid. I really did. Um, it ran until from 1990 to 1999. It was so popular. They and they had so many characters, different characters coming into it. Um, a, a great thing about that, that about that series, the 1990 um, Guardians of the Galaxy, is that Jim Valentino started to think, "Oh, I can just do future versions of popular Marvel characters." So you get a Ghost Rider in the future, and then mm. you get a. Uh, what would the vision look like be becoming the future and like who would the sorcerer supreme be yeah and all that kind of stuff so characters have ties to the regular marvel universe but wild big fun ideas that was so popular and there were so many popular characters in it that they actually had to launch a second comic featuring a second team of guardians of the galaxy called the galactic guardians and both those comics were pretty popular at the time. And then they, they were cancelled in the mid-90s because Marvel, for a lot of reasons, I think. But Jim Valentino left the company to go and launch um, Image Comics and take all his um, creative brilliance over there. And also Marvel had really beaten the cosmic stuff into the ground with the success of the Infinity Gauntlet and its two or three sequels. And Marvel was then pivoting towards X-Men, X-Men, X-Men. We're not too far off in 1995 getting Age of Onslaught and all of that business that we've Mm. covered at length. In 2006, Marvel rejuvenated its cosmic characters, Mm. which had been forgotten about for a decade. Um, And as we documented on our Patreon, they launched a big cosmic crossover event called Annihilation. Ah, we've covered this, have we? Mm, in yeah. which the entire universe, the entire Marvel Universe in the present day, was put at risk by a huge, huge cosmic event of of great death and strife and disparity. And then characters like Drax, Nova, the Silver Surfer, Ronan, the Accuser, and the Super Scroll mm. were kind of rejuvenated, repurposed, and rose to, to prominence. Massive success was happening at exactly the same time as the Civil War was taking place back on Earth and around the time that Planet Hulk was happening. And uh, 2006-2007, mad time in Marvel for incredible stories. Annihilation had done 
such a, a great job of not just not just producing a great story, but retool like it's so valuable to a company when a story takes a character that used to have a thing in the 70s and then goes, okay, this is what it means in the modern world. This is why this character is fun and cool and exciting. <laughs> when you do that for a bunch of characters, you've you've injected a fresh, you know, a fresh dose of enthusiasm and life into an intellectual property that the company can do more comics about and all that kind of stuff. Mm. So the following year, Marvel wanted to do a sequel to Annihilation, and they went to two British writers, Dan Abner and Andy Lanning. Mm. Abner and Lanning, they work together. They work. To, they co-author loads of comics and things, um, and they kind of they they refer to themselves as D and A, uh, <laughs> D and A, That's yeah, great. but with a little capital D, lowercase n, capital A, D and A. That is incredible. Um, Abner and Lanning had um, written the Nova series as part of the first Annihilation crossover, mm. um, but on top of that, they both have deep, deep cosmic credentials. Um, Abner and Lanning had great success and, and kind of got, I would get their major comic writing start in the British sci-fi, the legendary British sci-fi series, 2000 AD. Um, um, Abnett, perhaps a little bit more prolific than, than Andy Lanning, but they both written that, you know, between them, they've written characters like judge dread, George Anderson, right. rogue trooper. Um, and, uh, Dan Ab, uh, Dan Abner, I think had co-created sinister Dexter, Ooh. which was, a new strip when I was a kid and then has become one of their longest running strips. Um, Abner also had a huge, a very successful like second career writing novels for Games Workshop. So uh, Games Workshop have a, a, a line of, of, you know, prose fiction novels um, set in the Warhammer 40,000 universe. And Abner, had a big success writing a series of of novels which like huge sweeping military science fiction very war focused as mm. you might expect from, from Warhammer Warhammer indeed he'd also written Dan Abner had also written um, Doctor Who audio dramas for Big Finish which is a, a big big deal in the Doctor Amazing. Who world and the sci-fi world so yeah oh and they both had a so in the year 2000 um i think it was year 2000 yeah end of the 90s they found big success together abner and lanning at dc comics where they rejuvenated um a a bunch of characters called the legion of superheroes which um are all characters in the future the dc comics future in space Superheroes in the future in space sounds like a lot of fun. Again, something had been ignored for a long, long time. Abner and Lanning went to work on them, and their work on on the Legionnaires won them plaudits from like readers and critics. It was widely very well received. And I they, was uh, I was actually going to ask you was there a DC equivalent of uh, Marvel's cosmic superheroes? But this sounds close enough. Yeah, the Legion of Superheroes. Well, they're very. You can directly compare them to the Guardians because both those original teams take place in the future, yeah, um, and in space. Um, so, so on the back of that, like Abner and Lanning, and then the back of the Annihilation, they they rejuvenated Nova in a big, big way. They are seen as having like the magic touch for taking, like beloved but not exactly commercially successful characters characters that a company has forgotten about Mm. that readers have forgotten about and rejuvenating them by drilling down into what made the character cool and exciting but updating it for the modern reader and a modern audience 
So Marvel editor Andy Schmidt signed Abner and Lanning up to be in charge of this important sequel to Annihilation that was called Annihilation Conquest. Hmm. And they crafted a second cosmic war, a real cosmic war, um, a second one, but but under the Abner and Lanning pen, it felt massively like a war in a way that maybe the first Annihilation kind of didn't. It was a bit, I don't know, it's hard to, there was a lot more of it being forces against an enemy rather than a lot of individualistic kind of stories in First Annihilation. Uh, Abner and Lanning, along with um, other writers, Christos Gage, Keith Giffen, and um, Javier, um, Javier Grizo, Mark's Watch, they retooled and reintroduced uh, uh, the, uh, the world to another bunch of forgotten Marvel space characters, Groot, who hadn't been seen since the 50s. <laughs> Rocket Raccoon, who, as we detailed in the first episode, is an insane character no one wants to go anywhere near. Yeah. And then also Adam Warlock, who was massive in the 90s and hadn't been seen since, and also Gamora uh, and, and these characters. They took Star-Lord, who was a bit player in mm. Annihilation. They had a great idea, go, oh, let's let's use um, Star-Lord. No one's used him since he might not... His origin probably isn't even... Um, technically Marvel canon since it was this weird magazine they took Star-Lord from a bit player in Annihilation and turned him into a major player in the the, the second war the the Annihilation Mm. Conquest and that crossover event was a big big success such a success that in 2008 Marvel Comics um, signed both Abner and Lanning to an exclusive contract so they could take some of the key characters from Annihilation Conquest and spin them off into a new series, a brand new iteration of the Guardians of the Galaxy. This time, not characters in the far-flung future, mm-hmm. not anything to do with the distant, distant future, but happening right now as a continuation of all the cosmic events that have been picking up an awful lot of excitement in the Marvel Universe. Editor Bill Roseman, um, who had edited Annihilation Conquest, he talked about this and said, As the planning of Annihilation Conquest came together, it occurred to us, the writers and myself, that if things went well, there would be a group of characters left standing at the end who would make for a very interesting and fun team. This would also provide the motivation the team would need, as on the heels of two back-to-back wars, they're out to prevent any new annihilation-sized disasters. Um, And that's how we get this 2008, technically, the third version, maybe, of the Guardians of the Galaxy, although timeline-wise, the very first. Very odd things running through that uh, and this run this run from conquest dan and abner and andy running uh, and andy landing on these characters writing them from annihilation conquest to the guardians of the galaxy series and then the big finale they have in a, in a series called the thanos imperative one of my all-time favorite comic book runs ever it's really special i adore it thanks for joining us as we revisit some of our favorite moments from marvel versus marvel Don't forget, our full-length episodes are jam-packed with hours of Marvel trivia, behind-the-page, behind-the-scenes, and comic book Marvel history. Mm -hmm.